When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. The Mike Rhodes Podcast on Ram Radio is brought to you by the April 2nd Blood Drive here at the Stuart C. Siegel Center. We are joining forces with our great corporate sponsor, Virginia Blood Services, and the Siegel Center is hosting a blood drive from 11 o'clock to 5 p.m. on Monday, April 2nd. So mark your calendars, show your support of the Rams, and also donate blood, which is always in need. We'd love to see you here at the Siegel Center from 11 to 5. We have a blood drive on April 2nd. All right, coming up on the show... 24 minutes with Coach Rhodes. We wrap up what happened here in 2017 and 18, talk a little bit about what he thought were the highlights of the year, also some of his biggest disappointments, talk about some of the players that made big strides, and also chat about what we can expect from Marcus Evans next year. Some good stuff there, and we rounded out by getting his thoughts on the NCAA tournament. All of that right now on the Mike Rhodes Podcast. Let's get going. This is the Mike Rhodes Podcast on Ram Radio. The coach of the VCU men's basketball team goes long form with the voice of the Rams, Robbie Robinson, from his offices in the Basketball Development Center. It's straight VCU hoops talk at your fingertips. So let's head to 1200 West Marshall Street with Coach and Robbie. All right, taping this on a Monday afternoon here at the Basketball Development Center with Coach Rhodes. Coach? How you doing? Great. All right, so take me real time. Like, what are the guys doing now this week? What, what We're in the offseason now. What happens? Right. Well, we got back from uh, D.C. Uh, it's a tough loss against Rhode Island. We uh, we, we shut it down uh, for the week, and uh, we got a lot of assessment from Eddie and our doctors with some of the guys, as well as just get everybody eating a lot and, and healing our bumps and bruises from a long season and all that stuff. And this week we're getting going right back in their weight room and on the court this week. Did you get any external, I don't want to say pressure because that's not the right word, but external thoughts on the postseason because of the history of VCU in those kind of tournaments? No, I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, most, the, the crazy thing, we talk about it all the time, 
there's only a few teams that get at large bid every year, and, mm -hmm. and, and most of VCU's uh, NCAA tournament teams, not many of them got at large berths. Um, you know, you had to you had to go get the the automatic bid, and uh, so you know we that was that was our goal. As the year went on, we knew we had to go up there and get that. We didn't get it. We come up short, disappointing. But that's how it goes, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of teams in the country um, that ha are going through going through what we're going through right now. And we, we I knew it was going to be a tough year. I knew there was a you know the transitioning of of uh, coaching changes and, and and going out and pretty much filling up a whole new roster. Uh, all that stuff comes into play, and you just got to keep battling and keep moving forward. What was the thing that you take most pride in with this team when you thought about them before the season and now you finish it up with them that you're like, man, I'm I'm really happy that they did this or they turned into this kind of team? Well, I, I think the buy-in uh, more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think our guys, they really liked our staff. They, they liked each other. They really liked our style of play and how we played. Uh, I, I thought we got better throughout the year. I thought we had dips at times just because of immaturity and, and being young and some things not going our way. But I thought uh, throughout the year the guys were really bought in. They really wanted to win. They really wanted to do it our way. They were they were excited about the way we play. Um, but they also, as the year went on and even at the end, uh, they know to get where they want to go how much better we have to improve. And, you know, all of them right away when I met with them uh, early last week, Coach, when are we getting started back up, when, when we when we get going, because the guys are, are hungry to, to do what they want to do here at VCU. What do you think they improved upon the most from that first game, even with the Liberty game and that exhibition game, all the way to the Rhode Island game? What well, was I, our, our defense improved, yeah. with, without a doubt. I mean, when you you bring in all these new guys and the way we want to play was, was is different to even the returning players because they didn't play the way we, you know, we play. We're trying to press and – and, and playing fast, uh, that that's a huge adjustment. And you know, people say they want to play fast, people say they want to press, but then when you have to do it every single day and make it habit, that's really, really difficult and hard. And we still got a long way to go to where I want us to be on the defensive side of the ball, but we, I think the X's and O's wise, we improve the most that way. What is that? What did, where do you want? Tough man to man, you want full court. What if you would stylistically put out what you want? Yeah, what is yeah, that? You know, just make it so hard for the, the team to get open shots. Um, you know, be very good one on one def defensive players, and then don't let guys get open shots. Don't let guys get to the rim on you. Just be a, a, a mental toughness, a sort of a brand a, of of flying around on defense. But then we also want to press because. The press is a great uh, equalizer as well, is where you just take people out of out of what they want to do, out of their comfort. And sometimes that press could be in around the half court or it could be in the full court. But putting great pressure on the on the on the offense and not letting them be comfortable. And there were games this year that we did that, uh, just not on a consistent basis. But you know, we'll, I think we'll have, uh, you know, we'll get better at it. Is with time you get better at things that you emphasize, and, and that's what we have to do. All eyes are on college basketball right now, more so than any time of the year. Is there a team coach that you watched over the weekend? You're like, that's it. Or you're texting your guys, hey, turn to this team right now. This is what I have in mind for what we want to look at in the future. Well, you know, I, I, loved, uh, I loved Buffalo and Loyola Chicago. Just about, you know, they reminded me of some of the teams we had here at VCU where you're just flying around, being real aggressive, playing with great confidence. And not even a cockiness to me is more of you know, a swag where this is just what we do. We don't care who we play against. And, you know that that to me, I, I, I've always felt that all our teams that I've coached ha had that that you just you know you you go after everybody, and then you play with great confidence on offense, and 
you know, those two teams, I think, uh, this this past week showed, you know, the college basketball world that they're going to play their way and they're gonna, it doesn't matter who they play. Do you recruit that or does that manifest itself once they get here? Well, you, you want it to manifest and, and improve everybody and everybody brings that to them. But you, you definitely got to make sure you recruit that uh, guys that are are confident or hard rocking guys, as I like to say, that hate to lose. I, I think that that part of it, the winning losing part, uh, if they're not upset after a loss, after a game, I don't want them. I want them to be upset. I want them to be mad because then that means that they don't like it and, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be willing to accept it. You know, a lot of kids just go through the motions and win or lose what happens. I'm, I'm still playing. I don't want guys like that. I want guys that are really, really upset after a loss and, and then they, they're excited about a win, but they want to go get the next one just as bad. Who had the highest rating coming out of high school that played in VCU over the last eight or nine years of that quotient of like hating to lose? You knew you were getting a dude coming on campus that you didn't have to worry about manifesting. Well, I, I thought Joey and Brandon and Brandon Roselle had that, okay. you know, that that to them. Did you um, notice that like first practice? I mean, over at Franklin Street. Well, yeah, when they're you guys just first such. I knew Brandon from high school, and, right. and, and the guys at Highland Springs with Coach Lancaster. I mean, they have that. You know, they're, they're going to fight you tooth and nail. But uh, I thought when I got here, those guys that was their their mojo was their competitiveness. Uh, they didn't always do everything you know by the book, or they weren't perfect for sure. But they had a great uh, their level of competitiveness in anything: a shooting drill, a defensive drill, a pickup. Uh, whatever it was, uniforms on or off, they were competitive as can be. Thought Darius had that, especially after his freshman year in Briante. And uh, without a doubt, I, you know that's something that we got to make sure that we really cultivate very strongly. What player do you think made the most strides? And even you know, you can say a couple of them. I don't. Yeah. Want, you don't even have to pinpoint. But what guys? And maybe talk about the strides they made over the course of the year. Well, you know, I, I think. The biggest strides per individually, uh, I thought uh, Sean Mobley. Mm-hmm. I thought Sean Mobley made great strides uh, from the summer when he got here, uh, throughout the year, and then definitely throughout the year on the court in their games. He, you know, I, I, I'm I'm really excited uh, watching his game take off. Marcus Santos Silva, I thought really really improved. Uh, he did a f- such a phenomenal job with his body in the summer that really gave him early season success, and you know, of course. You know, he was playing behind a guy that played 34 minutes a game and led. The, and it was first team all conference, a double double guys playing behind Justin. That you know, but he guarded him every day in practice, which only is going to help him as we move forward. And then you know, I thought Malik Crowfield had a really good year, especially early in the year before he got injured, and that that ankle was really nagging him. But I, I thought he showed a lot of improvement as well. So, and then as a team, I. I thought throughout the year, guys were starting to see the game a little bit easier and make the game a little bit easier. And that doesn't mean that you always get the results you want, but you know that that's huge with with growth for the future. It was the best moment of the year in your mind? Well, at the end of the year, when you win in the conference tournament, I, I so that Dayton game, the Dayton game, getting the last three stops. I mean, we talk, it was four stops, but I said, guys, we get three stops, we'll win the game. And we got four. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I just you know, it reaffirms what you what you do, what you believe in, and, and our guys, you know, believe that that reaffirms what what they think of themselves and all that that they can do this. So I thought that was great. It gave us great energy and, and confidence going into the Rhode Island game. So th- you know, that was the uh, you know, I thought. Uh, uh, throughout the year, we uh, we had a lot of close ones that we didn't get over the hump. That sticks with me. Which uh, one more than any? 
Is there one game that is just going to knot Mike Rhodes in the offseason a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, at Richmond and, and okay. here against George Mason, I think those two games, I mean, they're in the, you know, they're never in the books, but they're pretty close to shutting the book, and we just didn't didn't do what we were supposed to do at, late in the game, and those those still knot me. They mm-hmm. keep me up. Do you think the guys, your younger guys, learn from that? Do you hope? And- oh, absolutely. But it's up to us as a coaching staff to continually bring it up and make it. You don't you don't bring it up to to uh, you know needle them. You bring it up so they remember that's a that's a huge learning point now. Uh, you know, when, we all I always want to say you win, and if you lose, you better learn, and that we got to learn all the time. And uh, you know, I, I think those games there just closing them out late in the game, carrying over what we talk about in practice to the game, and somebody just saying I'm going to get the ball. That's it. It's over. Right. Uh, and, and and you know sometimes you got to learn the hard way without a doubt and I, and I hopefully we have learned from this so we can move forward with it a friend of mine's good friends with Tony Bennett he says Tony Bennett says he wants guys he can lose with that's who he he it's his big quote is I want guys who he can lose with what does that mean well guys that will don't forget about the loss the second they get on the bus or the plane it's over right. with uh you, you get you want to you want to be with guys that you can lose with that they know that the next day after a tough loss they're all in coming in the gym mm-hmm. or uh it's a tough loss, and you walk back to this practice facility, and you see a guy come back in the gym at night and shoot or shooting in an arena after the game. Those guys, number one, they don't usually lose a lot, but when they do, it hurts so much and it bothers them so much that they're not going to let it happen anytime soon. And that's what he means by that. Did anything surprise you? This is this is a question that Shaka would always give me a hard time about because everybody always ask him that. But so I'm asking you, and did anything surprise you, Coach, throughout the year that you didn't see coming, or man, you thought it was going to be this way, or it ended up being the other way? I don't know why people like asking that question, but they do. Um, well, like okay, about our team, about the team, or just I mean, yeah, you're the head I, coach you know, of the VCU Rams. I, I think uh, about the team. Uh, I th- I thought we would have better basketball awareness mm-hmm. I probably took that for granted uh, and then very early in the year I realized that, that that's we got to make sure we keep working on that because that's it's, it, that was at times an Achilles heel for us uh, just you know just because you play the game uh, and you're on on teams doesn't mean that you really know know the game well and I, I think that's we got to really get better at, at knowing the game I, like you know a great example Sean Mobley's basketball awareness and IQ is off the charts mm-hmm. We don't have a ton of guys at his level. Uh, I think we do coming in and, and so forth, but the guys that we have, we got to really in, increase theirs. And that's not a knock on them. That that is that is where we are. Uh, you know, uh, every everybody we, we talk about. Here's what they do really well. Here's what they don't do. We got to make better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we got to really improve basketball awareness, basketball IQ. How do you do that? Uh, by playing a lot, putting okay. them in situations, game situations, drilling stuff and making it become habit instead of making it an afterthought. I think that's huge. Um, if a guy's not a very good post passer, you could talk to him about it or you can really rep it and build habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. And we did that all throughout all year, but habits don't form over one season. Habits form over a long period of time when nobody's watching. And uh, that's important. So that you know, I think that was probably one of the surprises uh mm-hmm. but you know i hear a lot of coaches say that uh all the time and uh i think uh for me here just the uh the turnaround the quick turnaround it is i experienced it rice and randolph making as well as a head coach but it, you know you're just 
what's next? Uh, you yeah. win a game, great. All right, we, oh man, we got Dayton or we got Rhode Island or whomever's coming up next. It's just such a quick turnaround. Not that it surprises you because you know it's going to be there, but it's something that's you can just don't always get used to. It's it's you get you have a tough loss on a Saturday. You want to get back in the gym right away Sunday or Monday, and boom, you have a game Tuesday or Wednesday. It yeah. comes right back at you. So you know that's always like it, it's just there. You got to deal with it all the time. And uh, you know, and then I just think uh, we we're so young this year, and we had so many new faces. Getting them to understand that. This is how we do it at VCU, and uh, that, that's again building habit, Robbie. That we got to get better and better at. Yeah, not to romanticize this, but I was I was one of the first interviews you and I had, and it was it just caught me so cool that like you grew up watching A10 basketball, so yeah. like you know Temple playing up against you know Rhode Island on a Saturday or whatever. If you were to go back and a 13 year old Mike Rhodes is sitting there watching TV, and you can knock on your door and open it and talk to him. Would you say, hey man, it's as cool as you think it is, or what, what would you what would you say to a thirteen year old Mike Rhodes who's watching like, you know, John Chaney right. going against Cal? Yeah, I mean, I, look, my my first game this year in the A ten was at St. Joe's. Oh yeah, and you know, I, that was my first basketball camp. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw games at St. Joe's. I saw all those games on TV. I mean, it just sometimes I'm pinching myself walking into the Seagull Center and. You know, you have uh, Rhode Island here or Texas or UVA. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, you know, wow. But you have a job to do too. Mm-hmm. And I know how competitive I am, and our staff is, and our team is. And so you, you put the blinders on. You just go to work. But when you do sit back from it, a lot of times I'm driving my car to work or going home at night. Like this is pretty awesome. Right. This is pretty awesome. And even when you have tough times, um, the reason we do this is because we love basketball. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love basketball. At being 12, 13, watching eight, ten games on, on our little TV in my bedroom. I, you know, I and so now, now I'm coaching at forty five, and I'm coaching in the eight, ten. It, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty, and and we should never lose that. We should never lose that love and that passion for what we do. Even though there, you know, you want to win every game, and there's pressure and and there's demands. But the, the fun of it is, I'm I'm doing something that uh, is is, you know, is a, a lifetime dream and a lot of fun. When um, what will you tell me? I'm in the community a lot, talking to Ram fans, talking to sponsors and and, and prospects. When they say, "Hey, what's Marcus Evans?" What tell me? What, tell me what you expect about Marcus Evans next year. What should my answer be? You know, and all of Ram Nation's answer really be coming from you about Marcus as we look to next well, year. Well, you know, I think you know, sitting at, sitting out a year and having an injury too. Um, he really he he's really improved and and he's really uh, done a great job recovering from his Achilles injury in the summer and. He's been practicing since Christmas and, and uh, has impacted our practice tremendously. And, you know, he's been the other team's uh, best player on mm-hmm. the scout team, which has been great for him and great for us. So he's already impacted the program in so many ways. And, you know, he's a dynamic player. Uh, he's exciting to watch. He can make plays, He's you know, up and down the court on both sides of the ball. He has an edge to him, a competitive edge that, we'll, you know, we definitely need in the program that our guys – you know, will feed off of as well. So, you know, now most guys that sit out a year, there's an adjustment period, all that stuff. We hope his is very small, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to step in and, and really push push the program forward. All right, take a quick break to remind you again, our blood drive is on 
April 2nd from 11 to 5 at the Stuart C. Siegel Lobby. Mark your calendars for it. We'd love to have you come out here and join us there. Also, the Mike Rhodes Coaches Show has been scheduled for April 10th at the Buffalo Wild Wings out in Short Pump on Pouncey Track. That's 5 to 6, an hour with Ed McLaughlin. And then from 6 to 7, the Mike Rhodes Coaches Show. That's on Tuesday, the 10th of April. All right, let's get going. Continue on with Coach Rhodes. We've got about six minutes left, so we're yep. going to talk like some global college basketball questions. Okay. Up to you. Do you push the A-10 tournament back a week like the Big Ten did in order to get an extra week of preparation for the NCAAs? No, I don't think so. Wow. Uh, I think uh, I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the uh, Sunday 12, 1 o'clock tip, Atlantic 10 tip, mm-hmm. uh, the day of the selection Sunday, puts us on the center stage in the world of college basketball. I don't think you lose that. Okay. Um, and then again, it, I'm not sure having that much time off is is what the players want. They want to keep playing. Okay. So I would think you so know. So that's co- not a benefit. You don't think really at the end no, of the day. No, like it probably I, depends on the team if you got guys banged up or yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. If you have you know if you have somebody injured, yeah, that that could help them. But no, I, I like it where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I don't like is is when you try you move that back, then your league schedule goes further and further back, and and that's not really a league when you're playing league games before Christmas. Right. Yeah, early so, December games at LaSalle probably would not. No, I, I just yeah. don't, you know, I understand why people do it. And we, we know, I get it, but I wouldn't want to do that. How does UMBC beat Virginia? Well, also, I've said this for a number of years. The guys on UMBC played against all the guys in UVA and Duke and Carolina and Kentucky because AU basketball mm-hmm. allows you to see the world and see the best players out there. So it's not like 25 years ago or 20 years ago where the first time a player from UMBC saw saw the UVA's best player is in the tournament. Hmm. They're not rattled anymore. Uh, it, it doesn't that doesn't bother anybody. Um, once again, you've heard me say this: they're not playing a best of seven. They were playing one 40-minute game where anything could happen, and because they're not fearing those guys and the equalizer of the three-point line keeps you around or keeps you ahead or gives you great momentum, anything can happen in one 40-minute game. And there's the greatest example. Um, you know, UNBC, Did you watch it? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you know early? Could you tell early or were you like, oh, well, Virginia's going to make the a The one thing I will say, uh, because of UMB style, that doesn't always help a UVA where UVA wants to slow it down and right. grind it on both sides of the ball. Well, UMBC is going to shoot it quick. So the best defense to attack is one that isn't set. Mm-hmm. They attacked UVA's defense very early, many a times in both halves, before they can get set. And then they had some guys multiple guys off the dribble that can attack. It was one reason why we scored 67 points against UVA was we scored in transition on them and we, we got downhill and attacked them. UMBC did it on a bigger stage. And then in the second half, they got rolling. And then now UVA has to play differently. So, yeah, uh, you know, anybody can be anybody in one. Best of seven is a little different. Right. Usually the better team is going to pull out a best of seven series. It's very rare that the underdog wins that. But... You know, one 40-minute game, when you roll the ball out, anything could happen, and you saw UMBC do that. Were you excited for Jarius? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, he's such a great kid. And, you know, when he came here, uh, Coach Smart had told the media this as well. And when Jarius got here, Jarius was a very impatient, immature high school senior freshman. 
but he was a great kid, and, and his greatest strength, Jairus, is his mom. His mom, Carol, is an unbelievable woman and a great mother and, and uh, allowed, uh, allowed Jairus to experience life and see things and make his own decisions. But when, you know, she also, Jairus knew mom was there, mom was the foundation, and, mm. and it all came, you know, through here, uh, his fifth year at UMBC staying there and what great success he's had. But a great kid. Very talented with the basketball in the hand that everybody got to see, and and uh, he's a fun kid to be around. So I, I've been texting with him the last couple of weeks, and <laughs> and uh, you know we're busting chops and all that stuff. But he's a, he's a great kid. He deserves that, and he's very talented. And everybody got to see that. Did you watch a lot of games over the weekend? I watched every one. Did weekend. you really? Yep, this weekend where we just we hung low. My my wife took my son to an AU tournament down in uh, Hampton, and I stayed here with my other two and had a couple of practices, but I, we stuck around the house and watched all the games. So it was my weekend unwind and back at it today. What stood out to you most of all the games, whether it was a team or a player? Take UMBC away because that's – we're just going to do that. Uh, but, like, what other teams or games or moments stuck out with you? You, you know, how, how bad teams – couldn't hold leads. How about that? Yeah, but we Cincinnati's were in Cincinnati's up by 22. I mean, this was all year round. I know. Uh, Why is that? Um, is, there, is there a no, I mean, generational that's, that's a great thing? Study. Or is that that's a, a great study to have. And, uh, you know, I, I think... 11 o'clock at night, you and I, we're out. We've, we've been having dinner all night. And you, Robbie, this is why I think. This is the yeah, kids you know, and kids. Well, are, I, you know, I, I think uh, people, the point guards are more combo guards. Hmm. Uh, there's not as many point guards that are extension of the coaches. Uh, they're more going to go get shots and, and, and not, not as much time and score type of mentality as just go play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think that has something to do with it. Uh, I think uh, I think guys don't know the, the end of game stuff as much. That has to be coached and coached even more. And uh, I also think there's some teams that were got got down and, they're playing with house money and say, all right, let's go. Let's see what happens and bang a couple threes. Three, once again, is a great equalizer. And bang a couple threes, build up so so much momentum. And, you know, there's 20-point leads, 22, 18, 13 with three minutes left. And, you know, we experienced that on both yeah, sides of the true. ball. And you saw that in the tournament here on national television that teams had trouble keeping leads. And, and it's not over with. It's going to happen here in the Sweet 16 and into the Final Four. Do you pull for teams that we played? Like, do you find Always. yourself pulling for Michigan? Do you find yourself yes. Seton Hall, three A, A-, A- ten teams? Yeah, no, all the time, <clears throat> uh, all the time. Uh, we're, number one is uh, it shows the, the schedule we had for sure, uh, but definitely for all the A-10 teams because it, it gives more uh, respectability to your to your league and how tough our league is. How big was it that they got the third team in with Dayton, uh, Davidson winning the tournament? Was that for VCU? Was that a, a nice move for VCU allowing you to go on the recruiting trail saying, we got three teams in? No, yeah. absolutely. And people that know basketball and in recruiting <laughs> and coaches, AU coaches, high school coaches, know how good of a basketball league we are. And, and that's fact because there's three teams in a tournament and, 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 they, and they did well too. If you could pick one team to win it all right now, who do you think? Um, well, I, I, I have... Uh, so you do a bracket? Uh, well, my family, we do a bracket. I had West Virginia beating Villanova, but I'm Did not you? sure about that. So I'm going to say Nova. So you say Nova. Yeah. Who was your final four? In the Rhodes uh, bracket? Arizona. <laughs> Arizona, Duke, West Virginia, and... And that's that bottom. That's the... I uh, think UNC. Carolina. Uh, uh, yeah, UNC. Do so, you know who's winning the Rhodes 
bracket. My wife is first. She I'm is. A close, I'm a close second, and, she, and Logan is a close third. The other two got some work to do. Need some help. Yeah, yeah. Anybody pick any major upsets? My daughter picked. My four. wife picked Loyola Chicago. She did. Sweet 16. Yeah, unbelievable. Isn't it crazy? Like unbelievable. Could your wife name a player on Loyola Chicago? I could not. No. I could no, not name their no, head coach right now. She she picked it. And she, she's in the Sweet 16 with them, but I can't believe it either. We're, could, we're laughing. Coach Musselman from Nevada goes shirtless into the locker room last night. Would, yeah. What do you think of that look? Is that well, maybe he just didn't want to, Maybe only had one shirt left, and he didn't want to get that one wet when the okay. guys when had all the water. Him. Right. But. Uh, it's a tough look. It's a tough look. That's not me. <laughs> uh, uh, the shirt's dry. Well, good luck on your pool. You got it. Good luck. It, uh, it would be fun if your wife holds on. That would, I think that'd be that's strong. Chase has a lot of work to do, but we'll see. He he he's a he, you know we'll see. He's a second <laughs> half player. <laughs> All right, coach. Thank Have you. A good week. See ya. It's Mike Rhodes, head basketball coach of the Rams. All right, that'll do it for the Mike Rhodes podcast. I want to thank Coach Rhodes for his time, and also want to remind you of the blood drive on the second of April from eleven to five here at the Stuart C. Siegel lobby. And also, our coaches show on April 10th, the Mike Rhodes Show. Uh, we'll get you cranked up and more information coming about that at Buffalo Wild Wings on Pouncey Tract on the 10th of April. Everybody, have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.